here. It's been a while, and I'm here with my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Ethan, we've not talked all of August, or I mean, up to September until now, uh, and, you know, there hasn't been, there's been like a, a few things that have happened, um, but you know what? We're back, and we're going to try to be semi-regular as far as when we when we do pods, right? We're, we're going to try to get back to that once-a-week type thing, and uh, Ethan, football just started today, but... Really what matters is that basketball is starting very, very soon. And uh, I'm getting ready for it. How, are you, how about you? Oh, I'm, I'm very excited for the NBA to be back as soon as possible. Oddly enough, Richard, today was a, a, a day for our football teams. Our teams squared off in week one. Doesn't happen all that often, I would say. And it, it worked out for my team, as it were. But um, you know, that's, like I said, football is not the, the priority here. And um, basketball is, is, is what's coming up for me. And I honestly think we just didn't have as much to talk about because Kevin Durant was taking his time figuring out what he wants out of life. And then um, Danny Ainge was, you know, working over the Knicks to, you know, pull it on, on the Cavs. So just a lot's happened in the last little bit. And I think we should have a relatively calm progression all the way up to the start of the season. So now it's time to dial in exactly how we see these teams coming together, the new additions, departures, et cetera, et cetera. Good outlook into the exciting NBA season to come. Yeah, we're going to take a look at uh, you know, each division. Um, not that divisions matter. They're, they're kind of irrelevant. Uh, but, you know, uh, we're, we're going to – they kind of give us nice little bite-sized you know, chunks to talk about uh, when it comes to some of these teams and you know, how, how things look. And, and today we are starting – with a division that is near and dear to your heart, the Southeastern uh, Division. And yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll go alphabetical. Uh, we're starting in Atlanta. And, you know, Atlanta's been a team that's been active. Um, uh, a lot going on with them because, well, last year was just disappointing. Coming off of the deep, uh, you know, even if it was kind of an, an illusion type of a playoff run, just with some of the matchup luck, and, you know, situational things that allowed for them to, to get to where they, you know, where they got to. But had a little bit of a down year, right? Right, at least it doesn't matter. Uh, or, or, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't quite get up for it, as, as Trey Young was uh, alluding to in some of his early season press conferences. And they barely, barely made the playoffs. And then got, well, mollywopped by your Miami Heat. Uh, went back to the drawing board. Had to make some changes. And uh, as we've talked about already, they brought in uh, Deontay Murray. Like, that's, that's the big thing. That's the big one. And in doing so, they had to, you know, shuffle some other pieces uh, around, right? Lost Kevin Herter, Gallo out. Um, but, I mean, bringing in Deontay Murray, the question is, does this get them to, you know, where they, you know, does it get them to where they want to get to? Which is, I would say, a solid, like, not a play-in team, but a playoff team, right? Top six. Yeah, no doubt. The Deontay Murray acquisition is all about getting Trey Young a little bit of help on that defensive end to where hopefully, you know, I'm sure they're still going to get Trey Young isolated time to time. But hopefully for a regular season grind, Deontay Murray is going to have to take a huge defensive burden and then also he's going to help sustain the offense in the moments that Trey sits. You know, it's a bit, it's a big game. I believe they traded three first round picks for the man. Um, you know, coming off an all-star season, so Spurs really selling high. Um, people, p- friends of the pod will remember, I actually was pitching this as like a fake trade um, last off season, 
um, just like idealizing the fit there. So now we're going to see it in, 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 in real life. It's going to happen now. Um, I really think this team has a, a great little core and just, if the, the young people can continue to grow together, DeAndre Hunter have a healthy season playing a little bit more of a, a less little reduced role as a maybe secondary creator with the addition of Murray. I think he might really find his footing as the NBA player. That's, you know, a third or fourth, you know, option kind of guy. I mean, yeah, DeJounte Murray is like a huge decision for them. They've got to figure out, like, I've been listening to some uh, you know, podcasts that have come on. And some people have been talking about the Hawks, and it's like there's been like a kind of a we, we think DeJounte, sorry, we, we think um, uh, DeAndre Hunter is, you know, like the idea of him better than the actual player, and he's had struggles of injury, and but then sometimes he comes back and as a team, like really filling a particular hole uh, for them when, when he was able to come back. They did have a resurgence toward the end of the year, and maybe some of that's just matchup luck and uh, other things. But, you know, for for this team, he's going to have to be a valuable piece. I mean, it, they really don't have a wing defender on the roster, in theory, outside of him, and I guess you've got Mo Harkless, but if you have Mo Harkless, as, you know, many teams have figured out, guess what? He's not helping you on the other end of the floor. He's just not. So, it's if, if you're going to get the, you know, 3 and D kind of staple there and maybe 3 and D plus type of thing, like, it's got to come from him. And it, it, there's just, you got a lot of certainty at guard. You have certainty, I think, at center, but it's at the forward spots that it just, for me, it's like, is, is it good enough to, to, to really get you there? Like, we've got... Up at the top, we've got Boston and, and Milwaukee. Like, I think those are probably no, no-brainer, like, top two, uh, I think you, you, you'd you say. Um, going, going, but then you also have the, um, I mean, hey, it looks like the Brooklyn Nets might be playing some basketball. Miami Heat made it to the conference finals, right? You, you start to, to look around and you say, well, you know, the 76ers, they should be pretty good as well. If, if they have health, Chicago Bulls and Raptors are going to be trying, I think, what we we're gonna find Cleveland Cavaliers. We didn't mention them. They made some moves too. So we're really in the realm of there, there's at least I don't know. I want to say five teams for sure that are better than them. Like probably six if you're including Brooklyn. If we think things are gonna go well there, I mean obviously an injury can can cause you know some issues there. But this feels like a like we're dealing with a plan. Like we got a Raptors, Bulls. Um, if I'm just looking at the teams that were better than them last year, right? Th- then them, and then you know the teams who were below them last year who are trying to make strides too. Like things need to go really well for this team, I think, in order for them to. Like, because here's the thing: they're running out of options. They're running out of things to add in and build onto this team, and they've got some again really good guards. Clint Capella can get back to his defensive form a couple years ago. We start to be in business, but they keep it keeps looking like they want to move off of John Collins, and they can't. Right, DeAndre Hunter, they have to make a decision on him. Like he's this is the type of player that you would have liked to say, "Hey, we know what we have from you. We're going to give you that extension right now." But there's uncertainty there, so that's kind of where we're at with this team. Uncertainty of health, uncertainty of certain like incremental growth. He's shown flashes. And when you're a top 10 pick, top five pick for, in his case, fourth overall, 
you are going to get the benefit of that with the flashes. And sometimes those flashes aren't, they're not actually all that indicative of what the player can be. I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, all the, all their pieces, um, you know, guard solid, really solid. Like Bogdan Madonna has been unhealthy a lot. DeAndre Hunter has been unhealthy a lot. John Collins, no one's on the, in the Atlanta organization has shown any appreciation for the growth that he continues to exude and show. He just keeps, keeps getting thrown around and not, I don't even think used remotely close to as well as he could be. I would love to see him on another team here. Um, just because I think he could he could really pop if given a little bit more you know room to grow, but yeah, and I don't see those other solutions on the roster here. AJ Griffin's a big body, shoots threes, but he's had some health problems at Duke. Uh, NBA pedigree though, um, so that's kind of nice to see a dad who played in the league for quite a while. Justin Holiday, good but good bench player. Morris Harkless, we we know the story with, and then Jalen Johnson's their last chance at their last chance really of someone that we haven't seen much from being that forward spot. But I think we all know that like this team until they find that forward spot is going to be a little bit waiting in the water. You mentioned five solid teams ahead of them. You know, I think you're hundred percent right. But the way I'm looking at it as even with the Dante Murray addition, it's, it's probably the, the full eight ahead of them. I know the Cavs lost the, the play in matchup to them last year, but they got better. The Nets should have a real team this year. The bulls, I don't see being a bad regular season team. And, and then the Raptors, I, I feel the same way. Like, I don't have that much confidence in Nate McMillan as a coach to make this team take all the necessary growths. Like, they might. Like, I, I don't – you said five, and I 100% agree with there's definitely five, but it might be eight. Yeah. No, you're right. We, I mean, we, we talked about, it, like, t- Toronto, Chicago kind of seem in the realm with them, and if they're at the bottom of that tier and Brooklyn's healthy and they do their, you know, they do their thing, everyone else has relative health, you're sitting there at eight. And that's that's just not a place you want to be, right? That's just not. And you look at this team, and I'm on NBAShopCharts.com, which is uh, a thing that kind of looks over a you know, certain year sample and tries to uh, look into impact within your role is essentially how kind of this, uh, you know, uh, statistic kind of works. And Trey Young offensively, has the offensive regular regularized adjusted um, plus minus type thing. He's second in the league, which basically means, hey, if you have Trey Young out there, you have an offense unto unto yourself. Like you're putting up points. And the issue that this team had was, well, when Trey Young sits, our offense just goes to nothing. And the hope is, well, if you can stagger Shotty Murray, you can those times when he's out, you can at least be middling offensively that, that that would be the hope and that would be the goal um but i don't know i just i look at it and it's trey young stands out offensively in that regard clink Capella stands out defensively uh as as well if you if you're looking at that but outside of that it's just a bunch of you know people that are just kind of in the middle and i think that with this team you're right like i think the ceiling for this team is six right I think that the like the median outcome is probably seven or eight, uh, if if we're just you know talking. And, and I, I don't know if I see a, a way that this team falls out of the play in. I mean, I guess like Treyon gets injured. Okay, maybe like if if like the Wizards put it together, the Knicks somehow put together some sort of uh, I don't know Char- Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Indiana, Indiana. I don't see it with those teams. So like. This team's playing the play-in. 
I think it's pretty safe to say. Like, but I think the range is just the play-in. And I don't know, that, that's kind of a tough place to be um, with the move that you just made. They had, it would seem that they had one other alternative route this this summer. Like, I don't think KD was a legitimate route because they didn't have the pieces to, you know, if other teams couldn't have made it happen, I don't think they could have made it happen. Um, so really the route was they could have made the choice to go Rudy Gobert as opposed to Deontay Murray. Maybe they didn't put in the, you know, obviously Minnesota was willing to go more in picks. But that was the other potential alternative. Do you think that that would have been, you know, just the the upgrade of, hey, we know that when Clint Capella was awesome defensively, like, that's when we were especially successful. Like, the upgrade of Capella to, um, to Gobert, do you think that that would have you know, been, been, been enough? It would have been, you think. it would have really been the test of here's the offense, Trey Young. Yeah. Here's the yeah. defense, Rudy Gobert. And I think the Hawks would have uniquely been positioned to still put out a decent defense surrounding with some shooting, given the fact they have DeAndre Hunter, that they have Bogdan Bogdanovich. Maybe you retain Herder in this situation. Like there's, 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 there's definitely a path that they could have surrounded Rudy Gobert with a closer um, defensive players that he had earlier in his tenure in Utah. than obviously the glaring hole of Trey young. So I think that's definitely a, a higher regular season outcome team. I think that team does push up a lot closer to like the top four, like maybe home court just cause regular season, like you're talking about shutting off, you know, a third, a, a third of the easiest points in basketball in the paint with Rudy Gobert. And you're talking about the second best offense in basketball with Trey young. Those are two things that are met like, numerically accurate, but I would see every team with the still same problem of not having the right wings. You're not, you're just not going anywhere with that. Jason Tatum is going to get to the mid-range and eat you apart. J- Jimmy Butler is going to eat you apart. Joel Embiid's going to bully Rudy Gobert. Like, that's still going to happen. Like, I, I still don't see that team winning big. So, I think they made the right gamble. And if they get a pop from a Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin, or DeAndre Hunter jumps into, like, a true number three, then you're in the best position you had. I think they made the right move for the upside play. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's fine. Like like you said, you're not you're not getting much higher, maybe a little bit. I mean, the the, the idea was, hey, Trey Young can only play one type of defense. That happens to be the defense Rudy Gobert is awesome at, and so sweet. <laughs> like, but you know, I think that this what they the move that they made, they're saying, hey, you know. It's not just the defensive end for Trey. It's what happens when he's not on the floor, and this is the hedge at both. Um, and in the in the wings, you've got Onyeka Okongwu, and that's the like hope he can take further strides um, with the way that the NBA is going to two bigs. In a lot of places, like we've liked Okongwu's ability to like his shot hasn't looked awful um, within the mid range of things. The free throw, you know, I, I had to pull up his free throw numbers. But um, I just I just don't know if I see him fully breaking through unless Capella's injured uh, this year. I don't, I don't know if I see the, the, the Twin Towers from them. But 
He's a career 69. Last year shot 72. Didn't shoot any threes last year. Thing about Onyeka is he's just he's just a little skinny, and he's not. You know, there's a lot of the Bam comps coming out. He's not as quick laterally as Bam, and I think he's a little smaller as well. But yeah, if he if he can turn into being a really solid switch defender, and they could someday have a four, four guys who all switch, like maybe Deontay, DeAndre, John, Onyeka, maybe that's something a little special. Still, always gonna have that head of the snake being Trey Young. Defensively, it's it's gonna be a little tricky always, and I think there'll be a time for it. Probably not today as we're overviewing a whole division, but at some point we're gonna talk a little bit about Trey Young and how bottled up he was by a Miami defense, like. I know he had an incredible yeah. time against the Knicks last year, against the drop, old school, Tom Thibodeau defense. But he played against the Heat, who had a really good switchy defense, and he did not get loose. Yeah, and I mean, I think, yeah, there are, there are other factors and reasons at play. But, like, yes, it, it, it's, it's that those are, those are accurate statements. All right, um, let's go ahead and, and get to the next team, Charlotte Hornets. Um, who, I don't know, I would say probably had the worst offseason out of, like, anyone. <laughs> like, it just, it seems like, like, I'm sure that there are other teams that have, things have gone poorly for, but it's like, hey, yeah, Utah's going to be bad next year, but there's there's hope. Like, you can see, like, we've traded our, our really good players for the opportunity to, you know, for all the future picks, and th- th- there's a lot of, you know, potential there. There, there are other teams where, you know, where it's almost went totally haywire with Brooklyn, right? But they, there's, there's a theory of how it works. There's not a theory of how it works here in, um, in Charlotte. I mean, we've got LaMelo Ball and after the first year, you know, it's, Hey, him and Anthony Edwards, they're, you know, right up there at the top. Uh, but Anthony Edwards seems to have taken strides in, in, and I think bettering some of his weaknesses that the Melo quite hasn't like the, I think that the style of defense that Minnesota played really was helpful for uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, he still had his, his issues on that and he's not there. He's not all the way there, but like, I think that that was helpful. Like it helped mask some of the issues that cat had on defense or, or the Edwards did where Lamelo it's, it's kind of tough. Like, if you have Terry Rozier next to him, which which is what you have, like defensively that puts you in the bind, um, and you can't be hit. There's less to hide there. Gordon Hayward missing lots of time, and you know being the salary that he is, they were looking to dump him. Like there were rumors that they would dump him for some of their picks this off season. Their draft picks last year were all terrible. At least year one. Hopefully you can make some progress, but James Booknight basically got no run, uh, and. You know, you, you look at Kai Jones and JT Thor, not, not much going on there. They were all of the, like, upside swing types of deals, but it just hasn't worked. Um, Terra Rozier, I think, has been a bright spot for them. That's nice. P.J. Washington has looked pretty reasonable and serviceable, but you have to make some decisions on him and Jalen McDaniels uh, because they're going into their final year before they're restricted free agents. Kelly Oubre, it's his last year before he's an unrestricted free agent again. Mason Plumlee doesn't really matter, I don't think. Um, he's there and will probably just kind of be the veteran to guide Mark Williams along. But I think that their process this offseason has been 
I don't know. It, it's been tough and poor, and yeah, they were put into an awful position with with Miles with Miles Bridges. Like that was the dis- like from a basketball perspective, that was where they were going to continue to continue to go. And if you had him on the floor, that looks a lot better. But that's just you know he's not on the team right now, and that's that's a decision that that they've made. And if you just look at it, they're just really barren at because they've been missing on these on these picks, right? They've been going for the play-in, and like they've been just first team out of the playoffs in the East. I don't know the coaching situation too is like going back to Clifford. Like, listen, can, Richard, it, it's it's all about? it's all bad. It's all bad. No one <laughs> likes this. No no one wants what Miles Bridges has done to happen anywhere in any time, but it has really had a bad result on this team. Like you were thinking, okay, let's flip Gordon Hayward for something. Cause he, he's played well. If he stays healthy, he's a decent player. Let's just get his salary away from us. Even though we gave it to him a year ago, like the whole, the whole concept, man, it just with, with having a near all-star player, just vanish into thin air. Um, it's not to mention a guy who plays the four can play the three can create his own offense all those kinds of things just going away because of a really stupid thing um, and I want to clarify a stupid thing he did um, y- you didn't have a great option but then again also all these picks just happened to have not developed James Butnock I liked him I thought he had a really creative knack for getting to his shots not working on the NBA level and did not have a good summer league Mark Williams is this year's pick. Really big man, but not that fleet of foot. Wondering how how many of these guys can really make it when you still see a guy like Rudy Gobert, who's the best at it, struggle with certain matchups. Anyway, like these these young guys just haven't developed. There's just not really that bright spot. As much as like we didn't really harp on them, like there there is the AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson maybe chances on this roster like that's the jt thor and kai jones but there's even less evidence and pedigree from those guys that show any true development and like you said you got a decision on pj and Jalen mcdaniels kelly Oubre is unrestricted you're just in a really tough spot with a, with a guy who as much as we love how he plays and it's fun to watch we don't have a, a lot of evidence for that driving the winning situation and it just also like their process, like you had two two picks in the lottery, um, and you trade Jalen Duran to Detroit, which thank you, I'm happy. Uh, obviously with the Knicks thing, but then what you get back from that, like you get Denver's first round pick this year, well that's gonna be worse than a lottery pick. I mean maybe you you got there and you just said oh well, we only see Mark Williams as someone who we should get in this tier or maybe it's Williams and Duran, and so because of that we can't get both of them and this was the thing that would allow us you know this this is what the Pistons were able to you know Pistons and Knicks were able to work out that we could actually make a trade and and that was the last person of our tier but you got you know this Denver pick which is going to convey this year you have the 2023 Knicks pick, I guess the now the second round, I mean, second round pick, but mind you, the second round pick from Utah is in theory going to be good this year. Okay. Uh, but then, like, that's it? Like, it, it just, it doesn't seem like it's good process, and we've talked about the guard room being barren. Like, I, I mean, granted, there were not that many guards in this year's draft. I get that. And you've got your, you know, 
range of forwards, but like there are other people in other. It just it feels like you there were other ways you could have gone with that other directions. I mean, we talked about okay, AJ Griffin was was out there, and at least he can shoot. Defense suspect, right? But if you want a defense, that was out there, right? Tari Eason. There were other places I think that you could have gone rather than just saying, let me go ahead and just trade it for a pick that's just going to be in the 20s next year. I think the overview for this team is the GM in place, Mitch Kupchak, oversaw a good period of time at the end of Kobe's career, and but also initiated the worst run of Laker basketball at in the franchise's history. And then it got canned. Um, they brought back a coach, Steve Clifford, who has been a, a solid, I would say, you know, very much like Nate McMillan. He gets out of you what the team is. And so when this team is 33 and whatever the other number is this year, we'll know that that's exactly what this team was supposed to be. I just don't, I mean, they had, who, who was the coach that turned, basically turned them down um, to stay in his, it was Mike D'Antoni. Okay, oh, Atkinson. Okay, oh, Atkinson. That's who I was thinking Atkinson. of. He said, I would rather be an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors, which obviously sounds like a great job. And you're working with, you know, some a lot of Hall of Famers on the roster, not to mention uh, what seems to be a great guy to work or play for, Steve Kerr. Like, yeah, he chose that over being a head coach again. The situation's not good. And I think that's yeah. all we need to say about it because everyone knows what – like the players who are worth it on this roster, LaMelo, Rozier, Hayward, but not at his money, P.J. Washington, and I won't disparage any of the other young players yet because their careers are young. Those We know what those guys are, but that does not equal a winning formula in this NBA. Not with this East. The East is not bad. The East has returned to competency. Even the bad teams like no, the Knicks are, are competent now in terms of, like, they are making moves to be better. They're just not a perfect fit right now. We've talked about how the Hawks might be the eighth seed, right? I mean, that, that's not an outlandish, like, it doesn't even mean things went very poorly. It just means that, hey, it went, it went all right, and there were this many other teams that just happened to be better. Like, if there are not serious injuries in the East above, like, the ceiling for this team is, I think, uh, you know, they're not getting back to where they were last year. The ceiling for this team, I think, is maybe being the third, fourth, fourth worst team in the East, right? And I think the floor is being the worst team in the league. Like, I think it's possible. You, you, you come out here, and if Gordon Hayward goes down, if you make, you know, things are going very poorly and, you know, you're Michael Jordan, whoever else, and you say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and trade Terry Rozier. He's a quality player. Maybe he, maybe there's a team out there that, that really likes him. Um, and then you just have Lamella, who's fun. Like, at least you're watching, at least that, you know, that's exciting for you. Uh, but it, it's like they have their pick protected 1 through 16 this year so like they're holding on to that they could be the worst team in the league there's just a couple directions that i mean all it takes is those two things happening i think um, rosier getting traded and hey we're getting injured or or traded somehow i don't know how and they could be in line for top pick which let's be honest it's what they need to do yeah they decided when they got Lamelo ball let's go ahead and make a run for the middle 
And that's what's happened. And this is where they've been left. Like, you need the patience. You got to do like a two or three year kind of rebuild. And they, they, they didn't have the patience for that. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to get caught up in some good early success. It was very fun. But it, it wasn't the correct thing. Gordon Hayward, just that, that move right there, I think, is the that's the evidence right there. They overpaid, they cut, they overpaid Gordon Hayward, cut Nicholas Batum. So you got to add his, his money on the books is Gordon Hayward's yeah. money as well yeah. in terms of like how it worked. And that's just, that was just a ridiculous thing at the time. We all said it and every, and it was for a playoff. A, one, they make the playoffs any of those years, either of those years. Play in. No, they made the play Play in losses, play in losses. And they, they lost. Yeah. Ooh, tough to swallow. Let's talk it, about it. It's, it's not. It's not even. You don't even get the revenue from that because you were the worst. You were like the lower seeds, right? Like I think that they were like the lowest seeds. I don't even think that they got one oh. game of, of like play-in revenue. So, oh, Michael. It's tough. Let's talk about a well-run organization. Not just saying it because I'm a fan, but it is just factually accurate. The Miami Heat of 53 and 29 last year. Not not a lot changing here, Richard. Uh, Big departure of P.J. Tucker. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Um, Markeith Morris, kind of just a, a bully for our team, but I like Caleb Martin playing all of his minutes and then some. Uh, Nikola Jovich in the draft. Shoots well. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it, I think this team, Richard, I, it's, it's the Miami Heat. They're going to be good. They're going to be solid. Health of the, the stars is what you know drives the success. Um you got to imagine there's some move out there that they're going to want to make. They overpaid Victor Oladipo a little bit. I'm kind of hoping that's part of the move. Tyler Hero has not gotten an extension. That that tends to mean he's not untouchable to me. So there's, Doesn't there's, sound like he's been untouchable in no. the discussions. <laughs> no, correct. So I, I think there's three. I, I think this is the biggest and most interesting decision on the on the books right now is do these three guys make the season tyler hero victor oladipo duncan robinson and i say that because of the salary total that those guys come to and the upside of one of those players being tyler hero the other decisions you have listed here gabe um Struess and vincent um will be at ufas after the season i don't look at those like as being too worried because Bird rights, all those kinds of things. Cap holds oh, could be a little scary, but you no, know, it, it's, it's true. Like you don't have to worry about it. Like you can retain them, but the issue is that, like, and maybe they appreciate the you know heat situation, heat culture. But here's a th- like the thing you mentioned, like Tyler Hero, is going to like you've got him listed as a starter, and I think that with how things have been going, you kind of have to. Um, that does bring some defensive questions, which I have very soon. Oh, yes. But, like, if if Gabe Vincent thinks to himself, you know what, I, I feel like I deserve more run. Like, I think I deserve more more time. And uh, maybe, you know, there's going to be a lot. The salary cap keep going, keeps going up. There's teams, I think, out there who would like to have Gabe Vincent um, on their team. Struth, for sure, right? And so, though that starts getting uh, pretty expensive, and the Heat saw kind of how that went with Duncan Robinson, as far as the like, what we, we paid him. Now I think around the league that people will probably look at that as a negative value contract. 
Like, it's not awful. It's not terrible. But it's not getting you anything, like, a value if you were just to trade Duck Robinson alone. So, yeah. uh, like, I, and the idea that, okay, what we lost, we lost P.J. Tucker and the corpse of Marquise Morris, okay? But we've lost our, we lost the four position. Now Jimmy has to play lots of four. Maybe Caleb Martin can do it, but I I see Tyler Hero being inserted into the starting lineup there. And how does, I, I start thinking like, over the course of a season, I'm starting to get pretty small. Miami Heat's yeah. defense, defensive rating, they were fifth last year. I don't know if I see that holding up with the with losing PJ Tucker and with the, you know, I guess types of players that I think are gonna start getting slightly more minutes here and here and there. I, I just I begin to worry. Unless it ends up being more Caleb Martin. But like who's that coming at the expense of? Max Struess or Tyler Hero? I don't know. That's tough. I think well, in this in this year. So the- the way I see a lot of this shaking out is, and I'm I would be surprised if it doesn't happen at some point. I think there's going to be some all like big lineups coming your way. I think Omar Yurtsevin is going to start some games alongside Bam Adebayo, and I I don't necessarily think that's your best playoff lineup. But when you're talking about eating minutes, like o- Omar Yurtsevin started quite a few games last year. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Um, I mean, Bam, when, Bam was missing, so yeah. Exactly. When 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 Bam was exactly when Bam was missing, he he started quite a few games, and I watched him hit a three in Portland. I'm not scared of his jump shot. I don't love it, but I kind of think when you have a center like Omar Irvin, so sometimes having a center like working at the top of the key a little bit can be a benefit to your transition defense because it's easy for them to get back. I. I, I think there's I think there's a way to finesse the regular season, but I'm very 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 nervous, Richard, about postseason defense because you're right. It's Bam, Jimmy, Kyle Lowry's flopping, Gabe Vincent, Hustle, Caleb Martin. That's the only good defenders on this roster. Victor Oladipo will get steals, but will get burnt 16 other times. There's no good defense on this court on the court. That's a full cohesive unit. Max Struess does draw a lot of charges, but we saw it in the Celtics series last year. When the defense was good, the offense had to be Jimmy and only Jimmy. Yeah. So yeah. Bam either has to make that step and be an isolation scorer, which he's shown in glimpses. He has the full capacity to do. If the, if Jimmy and Bam can carry it, there's there's no team that this team can't beat. It's just that's a lot to ask for an aging Jimmy Butler and a Bam who hasn't done it a lot. You 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 look at the at the people he Jimmy would have to defend. I think unless you are again taking Tyler Hero out of the out of the starting lineup uh, and putting Caleb Martin in there, um, like y- y- you look at okay Kevin Durant, who's gonna have, okay guess guess gonna have to be, you know, guess gonna have to be Jimmy. Um, Giannis, you're probably putting Bam on him. That's cool. Yeah. But then guess who's Jimmy? Guess who Jimmy is probably gonna have to guard. He's probably gonna have to spend some time uh, in that pick and roll situation with Chris Middleton, right? And, and or Drew Holiday. Yeah, the list doesn't end. The list doesn't end. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, it, like this is the difficulty of of the current East, and I just don't like that was the value of PJ Tucker. You could say PJ Tucker, your job is to like defend this person, make life difficult on them, and go stand in the corner and match the offensive boards. That's your job, and you doing that saves Jimmy. It and saves Bam too. So I, I, 
Yeah, and and M two like and so th- that's unless Caleb Martin becomes that, or unless they find the trade where you're packaging. I don't know what that trade is, but like that that trade has to be like I think for a four or a three four type of person. Yeah, I don't see it at the moment. Um, I don't know who that who that could be. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe 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 in the Utah dismantling you know you, you, you get someone i don't know who it is but like maybe, maybe it's a bogdanovich and he can turn back the clock a little bit and not that he's giving you much on defense but he's just a body right um i, I, I mean, i'm struggling right now <laughs> like it's it's difficult to, to, to be honest the the name that's floated around in my head a little bit and i'll, I'll use this as a transition is um if the magic were just done with jonathan isaac and that we could somehow slip him away like, hey, we'll give you Duncan and whatever makes you happy. We'll take the gamble that this guy might ever play basketball again and then would be a brilliant fit on this team. Yeah. yeah but yeah. again, Duncan that, in a first, does that do it? Huh? <laughs> Duncan Listen, in a first? I'm, I'm, I would take that gamble every day and twice. Because, I mean, let's think about, the, I mean, it, I mean, if, first of all, let me, let me just give you like the, the high, low, high, medium, low kind of outcomes for this Heat team. Like, I think the high outcome for this team regular season wise is basically repeating what happened last year. But like there were a lot of teams in that number one seed. I think there's probably three. Like I think that's probably kind of where they're at as far as the high end um, where one of those top three teams suffers an injury and then you sneak in there and everyone's healthy and all that stuff. Like I think that's the high end here. The probably median outcome is your four or five. And I think the low outcome is, uh Oh, something happened. You snuck into the play in by accident, but you're like your, your home, Home home court advantage playing like th- that's what I see, um, kind of this range. Uh, do, am I off or I, you I think I think there's three teams. Assuming health, there's three teams that are better than the Heat, yeah. especially for regular season. Um, I yeah. think the Sixers are better, or the the Philadelphia Rockets, however you want to look at them. Yeah. The yeah. Boston Celtics and the Bucks are all better than yeah than the Heat regular season team. Like the Heat might still mm-hmm. get a better record than them, but like I just. Like any of those things can happen, but like the Heat just don't have, even like a point guard like Kyle Lowry, he's just not a guy who drives that every night win anymore. He's a guy who doesn't shoot for half the season. Like we just don't have those guys. Like we have those guys for a playoff series, and I do believe mm-hmm. that we don't have those guys for the regular season. I I I was shocked last year that we were the one seed. I had us at the four seed last year. So who knows? Maybe I'm wrong again, and we're just a, again. You got these guys like Gabe Vincent. Like who knows when Hay- Haywood Highsmith's gonna have his four weeks <laughs> where he shoots eighty percent? Is, is he the guy? Is he the next one? I think I think that's that's the, might be. Yeah, I think that's... Anyone they get their hands on, you you, you got you got pick yeah. one right. But yeah, like that's the thing. It's like I know the regular season is gonna be fine, even with the injuries. Yeah. E- like barring Jimmy and Bam, they can manage. But without a move to be made to sure up the defense, without sacrificing all the shooting. There's, there's just a, there's just a ceiling on this team, especially with an older Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I agree. Now we talked about it. The Orlando Magic coming up next. Like, this is a team where their issues are well. If first of all, you got Paolo in there as kind of your your point forward situation. Offensively, it's great, right? Defensively, you know, you hope Wendell Carter, Franz, you know, just in that, that Paolo's big can be helpful, but. It is what it is. You know, they're not trying to especially win games. But what you are trying to do is you're trying to figure out who are the rest of the pieces on the roster and who, like, like 
who can make threes at a, at a clip that will allow Paolo to operate in the space that he needs, right? You know Franz is going to hit it, but do we know if Jonathan Isaac's going to hit it? Probably not. Uh, Gary Harris, he's injured right now. Cole Anthony, that's a lot, you know, that, that's someone who probably want, especially when Paolo's not out there because of just how Cole tends to play. Um, Marco Fultz, the shot has been well-documented, right? Jalen Suggs, probably the worst shooter in the NBA last year on, vol- you know, on enough volume. And so it, it, the discussion of a Duncan Robinson and a first for Jonathan Isaac, because, you know, that first is going to be in the 20s. Not going to matter. But the, pr- the reason why you don't do that is because you're holding out hope for the, the package all of our first and Tyler Hero for a bigger, you know, a bigger fish. You got some seconds, and you throw all the seconds. I don't, I don't know what it, what it ends up being, but if you could send Duncan Robinson there, like that's a helpful thing for the Orlando Magic. Having Duncan Robinson out there spacing with Franz Wagner and Paolo, and then you figure out which guard, like Jalen Tugs plays sweet defense. Maybe he can get just to you know not atrocious on the shot. Like, Jalen, that, that's fun. <laughs> like, Jalen's shot that, doesn't look broken. It it never looked like the yeah. best thing ever. He kind of has like it has to really load into it. I, I compare I compared his jump shot when he was playing Gonzaga to how Damian Lillard like kind of loads into those long shots. But he does that from all his ranges, which is a little concerning when you're talking about trying to get shots off quickly and in rhythm and all those kinds of things. But I I don't think he's a league worst shooter for his career. I think that comes around. I think he, he had an ankle problem to start the year. If I'm not, if I'm yeah, I know. Like I, and like that, that wrecked the beginning to Cade season as well. And so it's like, I don't think like he had some injury woes throughout. It. I, I can't remember. I, maybe I'm making this up, but I thought he also had like a hand thing too. Um, but J- Jalen Suggs, isn't a guy I worry about. I don't, I may, I, I might not have as much hope for like the almost star. I thought he could be, um, yeah. but I, I'm not, I, I like Jalen Suggs as a starting point guard or the combo guard next to like you know a, a, a big ball handler. Like Paolo, Paolo. Yeah, Paolo's nice for that, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I have a lot of confidence in this man. Um, but yeah, the shooting is going to be a problem because even Cole Anthony's more of an off the off the dribble shooter. Like Terrence Ross, I think you're going to see a lot of burn from him early in the season. Hope and probably hoping they can just <laughs> dump him some. Like, I mean, again, we, we talked about it off pod. Um, before we hit record, yeah. but like clearly, whatever the price of Magic think he's worth, no one's pulled trigger on because he's been on the Magic for three seasons now, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while, and like like you mentioned, Terran Toss probably getting some burn at the beginning. Caleb Houston probably getting some burn near the end, right? He was shooting it pretty pretty well during summer league, uh, in the summer league. But like toward the end of the season, you're trying to find out what fits. I, I do think Duncan Robinson. Jonathan Isaac trade, uh, figure out whatever the necessary compensation is, would be per- maybe maybe pretty valuable. But I think Jonathan Isaac can show he can play basketball. So let's do that first. Right? Maybe make it at the deadline if need be. Um, they gave out a lot of contracts to, to, to bigs. Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, uh, you know, re- retain him, retain both of those guys. Franz Wagner's apparently been just destroying Eurobasket, which which is pretty sweet uh, for, for you know for Orlando, but I don't know what we've talked about is you know who fits around Paolo, who are the guards in this team? Those are the big questions I think uh, for this Magic team, and yeah, they're going to be right in the mix, um, bottom three or four team, 
I think, uh, I don't know, maybe something goes poorly for someone else and someone else gets an injury and they decide, hey, let's go ahead and go all, you know, start tanking and, you know, maybe you get to bottom five. I don't know. But, like, now we're starting to talk, like, sneaking to the play. I just don't see it. Every everything goes right for this team, they win 30 games. Yeah. That's how I see it. Just, how, how many teams decide to tank it worse than 30? <laughs> so, like, that, that's really Again, what we're talking about. Like, that's if everything goes right. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I, I do like that they're going to have, because Bombish showed some growth. Like, I like that they should have, they should have 48 minutes of decent center play behind Paolo. Like Paolo and Franz, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a good show to watch. I think we can move on to the the Wizards now. Uh, 35 and 47 last year. Bradley Beal, off and on, oft injured. Uh, Kyle Kuzma kind of did his thing a little bit. Um, new additions here. They got Monte Morris, Dion Wright, kind of split duties at point guard. Will Barton um, come over from Denver that sent KCP on his way out. Johnny Davis was their pick who did not look have a good summer league. And then uh, Taj Gibson didn't know where he came from, but he's here, so that's fun. Yeah, how how how, how Tibbs let him go? That's what I want to know. Yeah, no 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 respect. He gets no respect at all. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Richard, this team's another confusing one in terms of what all these pieces and how they go together. Because the way I count it, they have in terms of the position they probably like and maybe should play. That that little number here, they got. One, two, three, four power forwards and Kuzma, Hachimura, Denny of Dia, and Christoph Porzingis. But Christoph's is going to be a center. We're going to make him be it. But Daniel Gafford, I think, is a better center, personally speaking. And then Bradley Beal, who's got more and more responsibility and become less and less efficient. I, I just don't see a purpose for this team. I see plenty of NBA players. I see, I see plenty of pieces that could have a fit a little bit better. On other teams, I just don't see them having incentive to get rid of these guys. It's just not a good team. It's, they're gonna win. A, they're gonna win plenty of games though, because all, 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 almost everyone on this team can put something together for a quarter. At least in the, nah, the top yeah. ten. At least top ten of the rotation. And, and this is the problem. Like you have a top ten of the rotation, and guess what? There are there's probably like. I mean, Taj Gibson, I guess at this point, maybe could be there. But, like, who's he there for? Like, he's not, there's no point in having him be there for Daniel Gafford. Especially Daniel Gafford's when you already got, solid. got Chris Ass Porzingis. Like, who's he there for? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. So, like, if he's not there for anyone, is he just, is he there to get minutes and play? Because then there's your 11th. You're probably, like, you just drafted Johnny Davis in the lottery. You'd probably want to get him some some minutes and run i mean I, you know, I guess that's what the g league is for but if you go out and you just throw someone to the g league and say go for it like that's not really how this wizards team has operated with Rui and denny and so like i, I view i think that they probably view um Brian davis kind of in that you know, they, they probably want to give him some run as well but then now you're at 12 there's not enough v- there's just not enough space for all of these players. So some people are going to have to get cut out of the rotation. I think initially, and and we might disagree on this, but like I think Will Barton gets some run, especially at the beginning, because 
he's going to be in the, um, I think, is he in the last year? I, I feel like I should have written that down. Um, yeah, he, okay, he's in the last year of his deal. Um, and he's not really fitting the timeline of whatever they've got not going at all. on. I mean, he's a little bit older than Bradley Beal. Um, and so I guess, you know, as long as Bradley Beal. But, like, I don't really see him. Like, they did the trade, especially for... Monty Morris. Like, that's why they did the trade, in my opinion. They really needed a point guard. They didn't have one. And they have upgraded the point guard position with, with him and DeLon Wright. Um, although I think DeLon Wright probably more is like the off-ball guard to Bradley Beal uh, in, in being able to bring you know, more capable defense there. But if you, Will Barton probably is getting some run. Kyle Kuzma, I, I think I'd prefer at the four, like we talked about. Um, I think Rui... It's his last year, restricted free agent. I don't know. I think Rui's. I know they have plans for Rui, and they think, oh, Rui's going to be great. I, I don't know. I just think it's. I think it's going to be done after this year for Rui here. Um, Denny, they're going to have to make a decision because, not next year, but the year after that, he'll be a restricted free agent. He seems to be the easier like connector and and fitting in with, especially if you have a high offensive person of Kristaps and and Bradley Beal trying to make it work together, and Kuzma taking some shots is like. He seems like he'd fit in. Corey Kispert being able to space in theory and uh, just the team doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's the, what it comes direction, down to. Yeah, the direction of this team, I like. It doesn't make sense to me. The moves that they've made have been moves to try to win, and at best, at best they're, I think a nine, a nine seed going into the play-in, like. Yeah, I think that's best case scenario. I mean, maybe eight. Maybe 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 you can sneak into eight if Chicago has another season where they've just like injuries hit hit some of their main guys, right? Um, like like they might. Uh, you could maybe see you know Trey goes down, right? Okay, but like we're talking about a whole lot of injury luck, and you've got Kristaps Porzingis. You think you think he's gonna have? You think he's gonna hit be unscathed? Like Bradley Beal's not been healthy either of late. I don't know. Yeah. Just the, the way I see this team is the, the guys you need to get yes or no's on just are too they're directly competing. Like, you, you made a great trade to get a bunch of pieces for Russell Westbrook. That's great. Like, and in theory, if Bradley Beal is a better facilitator, you could have found a way to make a, um, the Beal, KCP, Kuzma, and then they end up getting Przingis as well. There, there is a path to some success there, in terms of like you know what the Wizards typically want to do, which is be the eighth seed. But the the problem is Richard. Even if Denny Rui, I'm just reading all the young guys, Johnny Davis, if they hit like whatever their highest level is, none of these guys are like more than a one-time All Star. That's like very, very, very optimistic. Um. And until you get a young piece that's going to be an all-star, you're you're middling. And you know Bradley Beal wants to be Mr. Washington. Um, that's great. It's working out for him, making a lot of money with no expectations and no pressure. But this is the wall. You are a bottom of the East team until you get a young player that actually get in, inspires people. Just to put a stupid cliche on it. They also have their pick, lottery protected. That's cool. Um, but they're trying to get out of the lottery, so 
again, ceiling in this team, I think, is the nine, and then maybe get some, some luck in the playing tournament because all it takes is, you know, getting hot for two game sample size and you're good. But it, this this team, the problem is you can't you can't put too too little floor on them either because they they do have a lot of NBA players here and they're going to try because that's just that's the directive from ownership and they don't want to be bad. Um, and yeah, I, I again I get some of the moves that like I get the trading KCP away. He didn't really fit defensively on our team with Bradley Beal because he's at this point probably not quick enough to defend like ones in the way that you want him to or, or like you can have him out there but then that's a whole lot of offensive responsibility for Bradley Beal he can't defend up on threes like he's he is like a two two guard defense so it's like I get it but just the direction of this team they're not going to have one and the Bradley Beal contract we, we talked about that before um it's a problem yeah you know, I'm I'm just so frustrated that Bradley Beal is a wizard. I wish somehow he wouldn't have got that contract. Maybe the Cavs end up trading for him instead. Like that would make me happier. Then Donovan Mitchell could find his way to South Beach or or stay in Utah for all I care. I, I'm just tired of the Wizards being the way they are. To be honest with you, I want them to be really bad, or I want them to put someone that actually complements Bradley Beal's game in a meaningful way. Because Monte Morris will compliment him offensively. Christoph Porzingis should compliment him offensively and also a little defensively if you actually play him at center. Daniel Dia was, I think, a good compliment. But, like, they just don't have enough of that. Like, no one's actually pairing with Bradley Beal and helping him be an efficient player again. Like, there's John Wall's not walking through that door, and unfortunately, that's what Bradley Beal needed to be a good player. And John Wall's body betrayed him. Well, um, tough situation, I, I think... I, Looking at all these teams, like all right, I feel like I feel like we weren't too rosy on on many of them. Um, well, it's it's not about being as rosy, Richard. It's just like the East has become competent, and you yeah. have to be a competent, really run organization now to do any winning out here. And mm-hmm. just for what it's worth, the Southeast Division. I don't know when's the last time more than two teams at a time were competent. Because the Hornets have never. The Magic, like Dwight Howard era, well, the Heat were still pretty solid planning in that era. The Wizards, Gilbert Arenas, that wasn't competent, actually. Two years ago. Two years ago. I mean, when when Atlanta made their run, and, I mean, yeah, you got, you know, you got waxed by the eventual champions, but, like, what a bad team. You just weren't the best team. That was two teams, right? Everyone's we yeah, we, we, we oh, cap so out at more, two more, teams. More, sorry, you said you said more. Yeah, you said more than two. Yeah, no. We cap out at two. You're the right. Heat have been competent the whole time, whether tanking or not. Like they've had a couple down years. You lost LeBron James. Things are gonna happen. Like that's what that's all I'm pointing to is the Heat have been the the the, the team that's been competent. Bobcats, Hornets, never. Magic with Dwight Howard. The Wizards. I mean, it, Gilbert Arenas, but no, not actually. And then the Hawks, the the Al Horford Hawks. Whatever overlap there was with Dwight Howard, <laughs> uh, the Hawks, and uh, and the Heat, that's that's the there's your answer. But even the Heat had their struggles before the big three. So like, you you can make the argument, it's not a good division, historically. Yeah. That's why we got it out of the way, Richard. 
We did. We did. We got out of the way first, and um, I, I don't know what we'll do next, but uh, I'll, I'm just going to say, probably going to like it better. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we got to start with a bad division with a bunch of stinky teams, and, you know, especially te- and teams that didn't do a lot or didn't do anything exciting, and get all our podcasting, not doing it in a while, problems out of the way. Talk about the technical difficulties we had getting this thing fired up. We had technical difficulties, indeed. So, we're going to get those tamed. We're going to get Elkin back on here. Looking forward to seeing that guy again. Yep. And then we're going to talk about, hopefully, someone... The thing is, we, some, everyone's going to have a bad something. We got Chet's injury. We got whatever. Like, yeah. We don't have to get into all that, Richard. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good, good talk with you. And uh, glad to be back. Basketball.